Welcome to the Inside Scoop Live podcast, where indie authors get personal about their books, their writing, and their passions. I'm your host, Sherry Hoyt. Join me for some lively conversations with debut indie authors and seasoned veterans alike. It's a great place to find your next amazing read or even get inspired. So sit back and enjoy the show and let me know what you think. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Today, Calvin James is here to tell us about his debut picture book, The Colored Water Fountain. It's the first book in an inspirational new series he has planned for children. Before we get started, here's the inside scoop on Calvin James. Dr. Calvin James began his creative journey when he was 19. He taught himself how to play guitar, started writing music, and founded a record company, Climax Records Incorporated. Around 2011, he took an interest in writing and gradually shifted his focus away from music to writing children's stories. Once he finished graduate school in 2018, he decided to share all the music and stories he had written and founded Calvin James Creates in 2019. The mission statement of Calvin James Creates is to share children's stories, novels, and music that promote the values of truth, kindness, friendship, love, and hope. To learn more about Calvin James and his work, visit his website at calvinjamescreates.com. Well, hi, Calvin. Welcome to Inside Scoop Live. Thank you for having me, Sherry. Appreciate it. I loved your book, and I can't wait for you to share more with our listeners. Can you kick it off by telling us what The Colored Water Fountain is all about? Yeah, so The Colored Water Fountain takes place in kind of like this utopian type of world where these four spirits who help the Creator create the Earth, you know, look down and they're upset about how men are being treated. Um, so they bring about this flood that, you know, changes the earth. But all the humans uh, awake are children who are immortal, and the animals are the caretakers of the world. And so they can talk, and they, they kind of guide the children on the planet. But there is some things that are left behind from the old world, and one of the things that the two main characters, Asher and Adeline, run into is a sign that says covered water fountain. Mm-hmm. And they don't know what it means, so they go on a quest to to find out the meaning of that sign. Yeah, that's such an original storyline. What was your inspiration for writing the story? When I wrote it back in, basically when the right run of time Trump was elected, and uh, for me it was a very uh, you know scary time. I just had my son, and I was you know thinking to myself, you know, how am I going to teach him that the things that are happening in the world, you know, not everyone is like this, mm-hmm. um, but the world is like this. So how do I prepare him for that? And so one of the things I thought of was like, well, I can write him children's stories to to teach him as early as possible. And I was thinking about an original way to approach, you know, racism and prejudice. And I thought, well, let me look at it through the eyes of a child and how would they view it? And that's how I came up with the idea to to take it that way. Mm -hmm. When I was reading The Colored Water Fountain, I felt like it had both an original feel to it, yet I also felt like I was settling in with a comfortable old-time fable kind of story. And and I think it had to do with the world you created. So how did you come up with the idea for this new world? Well, I, I love like origin stories. And my biggest inspiration is probably like the Silmarillions by J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm. And so that's yeah. always kind of like in the back of my mind when I'm creating stories. And so I thought that the best way to do it was to create a world. And there's been other stories uh, about prejudice and racism that are kids' books, so I didn't want to take it that way. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I think this would be best to come up with like an original world, like outside of our reality, to show from different perspective just how you know crazy the idea is to judge someone based on the color of their skin. Right, right. So 
tell us about your young protagonists, Asher and Adeline. What what motivates them? So in the beginning of the story, when they find some things, they instinctively know what some things are because the, the four spirits, you know, made it that way for them. So they would know some things. But what drives them is when they find the water fountain, it's the first thing that they encounter that they really don't know what it is. So like all children, they're just curious. And so they try to figure it out on their own just by like just trying to think it out. But when they turn it on and only clear water comes out, they're totally confused. Like, why would they call this colored? So they're driven by like all children, by curiosity. Um, and it ends up being, you know, somewhat of a story of lost innocence because they kind of shouldn't know what it is because that's not why the four spirits created this world. Um, but that's what ends up happening. Yeah. Loss of innocence. I love the way you put that because it's so true. You know, I mentioned in my review of the Colored Water Fountain that it seems like an educational opportunity for both kids and adults. What, was that your intention? Absolutely. Because um, my son has some kids' books that I hate reading. <laughs> you know, he's like, hey, Dad, can we read this? I'm like, oh, like, oh, do we have to read this one again? And C.S. Lewis, I believe, is the gentleman who said a, a kid's book that's written just for kids isn't a kid's book at all. You know, I, I like kids' books that even adults can enjoy. Um, so I, I really try to write all my children's books so that not only would children enjoy reading them, that adults enjoy reading them to their children and enjoy reading them just for themselves. Yeah, it's all about the storytelling, and you did that so well with the story. People mm-hmm. from children sitting on your lap, listening to you read it to them to ages 99 plus. I mean, I felt like everyone needed to read this story because it's so well told. And Thank you. Yeah. The the subject is, of course, so touchy. Um, you know, kids are not born racist. So, I mean, how did we get here? How do we fix this issue? And, and when is the right time to talk to kids about racism? Yeah, I feel the right time is as early as possible um, because they're exposed to so many things in their environment that will subtly, you know, hint or tell them that they're different. You know, like if you, you watch television, you might realize that they always portray black characters in a certain way. And so you might think, oh, well, you know, black people can't be doctors or lawyers or things like that because you don't see them portrayed like that on TV. And mm. and in a lot of children's books, there's so few children's books where a black character or a, a minority character is the main character. So they might always associate, well, the main character or the protagonist of the story always has to be white. So I think it's very important to educate children that that's not the way it is. And yeah. it's certainly not the way it should be. And I think the earlier you expose them to that, the, the better they'll be as they grow. Yeah. Do you feel like there's better representation of different ethnic groups in children's books now? Is Are we at least making some progress in that area? I, I feel like there is, but I feel like it's more on the independent front. Mm. Um, basically, there's only the big four publishers now, but there were five, but, you know, one of them bought one of the other ones. Right. So I don't feel it's as strong as a presence there. They'll feel it's, for lack of a better term, business as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't see as much representation. It's getting better, but it's definitely much better in the independent front. You you see a lot of independent authors pushing different books. Um, there's actually a website called Diverse Books Now who encourages and tries to find uh, writers who are writing diverse books for, for people of color and, and minorities and things of that nature. So it's definitely picking up steam in the indie front. I, I just don't feel like it's crossed over fully into mainstream publishing just yet. Yeah, yeah. You know, I guess I, I just read indie books for the most part, you know, so maybe right. that's why I, I see it. Yeah. So what is the most important message you hope readers take away from your book, The Colored Water Fountain? 
to love everyone, treat everyone equal. You know, we're, we're far more alike than we are different, but it's our differences that make us beautiful. And if we learn to appreciate each other, you know, for those differences, then, you know, the world would be, you know, as I say in the book, a beautiful, happy place. Yeah. Um, I just hope we get there sooner rather than later. Yeah. Now, your book comes out uh, in just a couple of weeks, December 1st? Yes. So what kind of feedback have you received uh, from early reviews of your book? I've gotten amazing feedback. I've been so appreciative. Um, literary Titan, uh, I believe the gentleman's name is Thomas Anderson. He uh, gave me uh, four out of four stars. He really enjoyed the book. Um, I'm waiting to get another review back from Mom's Choice Awards. Mm. Uh, and all the people who have bought the book, uh, a friend from high school on Facebook said, like, you know, get your tissues ready if you read this book. <laughs> it's been really good. <laughs> The people who have bought it have been you know, very receptive, and I've, I've been uh, very appreciative of how much uh, people have enjoyed it. Yeah, that's amazing. That's great news, yeah. So what do you like to read, and which writers have inspired your own work as an author? And you mentioned a couple early on. Yeah, I, definitely the children's book that inspired me the most is The Giving Tree. Um, but I can't remember the author's first name. I think it's, I don't know, the last name is Silverstein, I believe. Oh, yeah, Shel um, Silverstein. But, Shel Silverstein, like, I can read that book a hundred times. Like, there's something hauntingly beautiful about that book and, and very sad. Mm. And I, I get a lot of my influence. I feel like my stories kind of feel like that, where it's, it has a, a very, you know, sobering message at the end. Also, The Lorax by Dr. Seuss, um, love that book. Same thing, um, with a very sobering message for us to take care of the earth. Uh, but mm. definitely, um, as I said earlier, probably my favorite book of all time is, is Silmarillion's. Just the world building that, that J.R.R. Tolkien does in that book and how he explains basically where everything comes from. Um, I don't think they'll ever do that into a film because it's just such a sprawling story. But definitely those, those three books have influenced me the most. Yeah. You know, another thing I love about your book is that it's kind of like a, a fantasy for kids. And you don't really see that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed writing that just to create worlds and and pretty much all the children's books are like that so yeah now okay so the colored water fountain is the first book in a series you have planned can you tell us about a few of the others absolutely um so there was eight at the time um that we first got in contact with each other i actually have nine now um i actually wrote a christmas uh, I have wrote three short Christmas stories, and so that will be out next year in December because that's called Christmas Sunrise. Uh-huh. The first short story is called Feeling Like Snow, and that's about the father and son who keep looking at the clouds, and it looks like it's going to snow, but it, but it never does. And so it's the trying to like hope and pray that it finally snows. <laughs> the next story is called Warm More Night to Wait, um, and, and that's um, just about how we all feel on Christmas Eve. And the last story in that book is called Christmas Sunrise, where it's about just family and getting together and enjoying the holidays. The next couple of stories after that, um, the green ones that deals with, you know, mankind's relationship with the earth and how we need to take better care of it. Mm. Um, River is about a mother and son, how, you know, a son is born into a certain life and he's trying to better himself, but he realizes how hard that is. Uh, gravity is about a calm son, how to call it. Uh, and so all of the stories kind of deal with, with social issues and in a, in a way that, you know, I try to make it in a way that's original that people have never heard it from that perspective before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In years to come, when people look back at the color of water fountain, they'll realize there's actually Easter eggs for some of the books in the color of water fountain. Um, there's a couple of things in the book where I hint at other stories to come, but you won't know it until the next books come out. Oh, oh 
now I'm going to have to go back and read it again. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's more in the, in the imaging. Oh. And even even the idea of the four spirits, that'll come back at some point. Oh, nice, nice. Now, tell us a little bit about the wonderful images in your book. Did you work with an illustrator? Yes, yes. I got extremely fortunate when I was in graduate school getting my doctorate in physical therapy. I was doing a, a clinical internship at an outpatient clinic, and my clinical instructor happened to mention that her niece was an award-winning illustrator um, in high school in mm-hmm. Orlando. And so... That was back in like 2000 and like either 16 or, or, or 15, it might have been 2017, but I just kept a mental note of that. And so as soon as I, you know, passed my boards and, and, and got a job, I reached out to my clinical instructor and said, hey, you know, can I get Jordan's number? Uh, her name is Jordan Pazuti. And, you know, we met, we hit it off and, and she agreed to do the book and, and I'm hoping she's already going to do the Christmas Sunrise. Um, and I'm hoping we can stick together and do the next nine books over the next 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Nice. I love the illustrations. I absolutely love them. She did a fabulous job. Now, yes, thank you. your son is almost four or is four right now? He's uh, four. He's, he's four. four. Okay. So have you read your book to him? Does he know Daddy wrote a book? What's his? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I actually dropped a copy off at his daycare, and he, he's told the classes, like, that's my dad's book. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> actually went there and, and read the book to his class of four to five-year-olds. And I was actually surprised because that's probably, you know, I've been a musician. I've played some tough crowds. I think reading to four and five-year-olds might be the toughest crowd I've ever had to form in front of. And they sat there for the whole book, you know, about 20 minutes, and they were and asked you know, questions afterwards. So I was really surprised that they enjoyed it. Wow, that's wonderful. Are you going to do more of that school yeah. visits? I'm trying. It's difficult because of some COVID restrictions and stuff. Um, but but I'm, I am doing a virtual launch of the book. Um, I haven't decided the exact date that will be, but it's definitely going to be um, like probably the, the weekend right after the release. And yeah. So I'll, I'll send out some invites so people can come and meet um, Jordan. They can meet the two musicians that really taught me a lot about how to run this business that I'm doing now, Calvin James Creates, and my marketing advisor. Like Those are the four people who have you know really, really helped me get to this point. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm excited for you. So what do you like to do outside of writing? Um, I still write music from time to time, exercising. But the biggest thing is, you know, to spend time with my family. Um, my wife and my son are my sanctuary. And um, everything I really do is just to have some more time with them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, do you have plans to incorporate any of your music into your books? I do, but <laughs> that's kind of a secret. That's going to be more of a surprise. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, so definitely there will be some music incorporated into the books. But that that won't kind of be advertised. That'll be something that people find out after the book comes out, and they'll and they'll find out how it's incorporated. Wow, nice! It sounds like you're pretty busy with music and children's books, and then you also write novels. Can you tell us a little bit about your other writing projects? Yes, yes. So I've, I've just actually finished a novel. I'm just in the editing stage now, and that's called The White, um, and that's about this family of father, mother, and son who are in Scotland when this virus outbreak breaks out and they can't get back home. And so they have to do basically whatever it takes to protect their son. And and one thing I like in stories, I don't do it much, and I do it a little bit in my children's books, but in novels, what you want to do is create dilemmas for characters because you find out who characters are under pressure. Mm. And so that story is about how characters change when faced with a dilemma and choices 
and you see who they are. And it's the same way in life. Like when you people are under pressure, you find out who they are. And that's why we've all at one point in our lives said, I can't believe I said that, or I can't believe I did that because, <laughs> you know, sometimes we don't even know ourselves that well until we're under pressure and we see how we react. Right. So that's a lot what that is about. These characters get placed in the really tight corners and you have to see what they'll do to survive and protect their son. Oh, that's so interesting. Now, do you have a preference writing for kids or for adults? Is one more challenging than the other? I think it's more challenging to actually write a short story. So I'd say writing a children's story is harder. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't remember who said this, but uh, it's like the 1800s, but this guy wrote a friend a letter. And then he wrote in the postscript, sorry, I didn't have time to write a shorter letter. And <laughs> so what he was saying is that brevity takes time and excellence. Anybody can sit down and write a bunch of stuff, but to trim it down and turn it into something where you say more than someone would say in a hundred words, you can say in five, that takes hard work. So writing the children's books and putting some of the themes that I put in there and like trimming it down basically to its essence, that's difficult. Yeah. Um, but in terms of just writing good story, I just say just follow the principles of storytelling and that always makes you a good writer. But definitely writing a shorter story is way harder than writing a longer story. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, I can imagine, because you've got to tell a whole story for, in 500 words, so in mo most yeah. cases for the children's book. Yeah, wow. So based on your debut picture book journey, can you share any advice for aspiring or emerging picture book authors, the things that you've learned on your, your journey? Absolutely. First of all, you know, learn the principles of storytelling, then write, 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 and then write some more. <laughs> um, build up as much material as you can because writing like anything else to get good at, it's a numbers game. Like I, I've written nine good children's books, but I've probably written like 20 or 30 more okay stories mm. to get to that good nine. And so that's what you have to realize. Got to make a lot of bad stories to write good ones. Mm -hmm. Second thing I would say is don't get emotionally attached to your work because in a way, like when you write a story, like, yes, it's your story. But as soon as you put it out there to sell and to share with people, it almost becomes your fan story. And once you start working with editors, marketing advisors, you know, illustrators, they're going to make suggestions on how to change the story. And, and nine times out of 10, it's for the better. It's to make the story better. Like the color water fountain, if I did the original version would have been about 50 pages. Mm. And my illustrator was like, you know, you have two characters in here. You don't really need, and I was like, yep, direct and cut it. <laughs> but I got to that point because as a musician, I work with other musicians and they would tell me straight up, look, this song's too long. And, and I learned at an early age that if you're emotionally attached, you won't see how to make the work better. So that's one of the big things. Just, you know, realize that, yes, it's your work, but you have to be able to let go as well. Right, right. Um, wow. And, and lastly, just build a team around you. You know, focus on the things you're good at and don't try to do things outside your wheelhouse because it just makes life so much harder. You know, that's why I found an illustrator. I found a marketing advisor so I can focus on the business aspect and writing the stories and not the thing that I know that's, that's not my strength. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good advice, especially the letting go part, because it's so hard to do. It's your baby, you know, you, you want to, mm -hmm. no, i got to have control of all of it. But <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, uh, Calvin, is there anything else you'd like to add today? Just for anyone out there who's, you know, just struggling to, you know, make any of their dreams come true, especially in the, the entertainment world and books and music and, and film and things like that, master your craft. 
and just keep working at it. You know, you're going to have people who are going to doubt you. The struggle is very difficult. You'll have more downs and ups and there'll be more fighting than, than peace, but just don't give up. Just, just keep fighting and keep trying to reach your dreams. Persistence will pay off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Calvin, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing a little bit about you and your work. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me today for my interview with Calvin James, author of The Colored Water Fountain. To learn more about Calvin James and his works, visit his website at calvinjamescreates.com. And be sure to check out our other interviews at InsideScoopLive.com. <laughs>